But what is up, Element Church? So excited that you are here with us today. I am thrilled to be back in the pulpit after an annual uh, break in July. If you're new here, uh, my name is Jeff Manis. I'm the lead pastor here at Element Church and just so uh, thrilled that you're with us as well. For those of you joining us on video, whether right here in the building somewhere or around the world, thank you for tuning in. Glad you're with us as well. And I want to celebrate something with us today. As you heard yesterday, we officially started the I Heart Cheyenne initiative, which is amazing. We're excited about that. Yeah, we can clap for that. And there was many of you uh, who I saw out here yesterday uh, stuffing backpacks, 2,000 of them, with school supplies and then getting all the shoes prepared as well. So for those of you who have already served or have signed up to serve, thank you guys so much for that. And I do want to celebrate something specific with you that uh, we have been challenging you for now over two months uh, to partner with us to provide these 2,000 backpacks with school supplies, brand new pair of New Balance tennis shoes as well. And uh, today Today's the last day you can purchase a backpack bundle for $30, but I just wanted to let you know that you have already smashed any previous record we had of backpack purchases. So up until this year, the record number of backpacks we had sold was 743. But as of today, unless we sold some more in the previous service, which we probably did, as of uh, last night, we have already sold 1,062 backpacks, which is incredible. Awesome. Uh, So I continue to say thank you uh, for being such a generous people. You really do live out that core value here in our church. Well, today uh, we are starting a four-week sermon series called Labels, Living in My True Identity. The reality is we live in a world of labels, do we not? We live in a world of labels. Go all the way back even to our childhood, uh, junior high, high school years, even our yearbooks, we force us to pick labels for people. We have things like most likely to succeed or best dressed or best looking, which I won every year. Whatever it was, right, we had those labels that we gave to people. And I'll never forget in high school the time that I mistakenly accepted a label that wasn't meant for me. I went to a small Christian high school. There was only 30 people in our graduating class, so I knew everyone in my class. And one of the, in one of our uh, groups, one of our classes one day, we were all answering those yearbook-type questions, most likely to succeed, best athlete, whatever it was. And one of those questions was best hair. Now, I didn't think I did have a full head of hair back then. And by the way, I shaved my head for convenience, not for necessity. I do have hair if I grew it out. And I have a bet going with my son. Uh, He'll be thrilled uh, that I'm sharing this in this service, uh, that if he gets straight A's in first semester, I have to grow my hair out to as long as it was when I was married and leave it there for two weeks. So you can all start praying for straight A's. So I didn't think my hair was that good. Uh, In fact, I know it wasn't that good. I have proof of it. Here's my senior picture. This is back my senior year of high school. Uh, So it wasn't horrible, but that's not going to when when best hair it was worse my junior year here's my yearbook picture my junior year I'm on the left hand side there my twin brother on the right hand side so we all know the left side is way better looking right there and I I was I started the style that's now popular where you shaved your head and then combed everything over I started that that's proof there right in that picture so I didn't I knew I didn't have the best hair but I was pleasantly surprised when a girl in my class her name was Kristen uh, she is now my sister-in-law she answered the question best hair with one word, Jeff. 
Well, we were sharing our answers or I saw her answer or something. Don't remember how it came out, but I saw her answer was Jeff. And so I was surprised and I just said, you know, in kindness, well, well, thank you. And she, along with the girls who were with her, started laughing at me and then almost condescendingly said, not you, Jeff so-and-so, and said his last name, a student who had left our school before I even arrived in the school. He was the one with the best hair, which is why I shaved my head now. I have a hair complex because my sister-in-law, you know, demeaned me. Not really, but words are powerful, right? They're powerful. Like some of us are still affected today from things that were said about us all the way back in our childhood. Wounds from the words of a parent. Scars stemming from a choice we made or a tragic event in our lives. We struggle with labels. They, they literally begin to shape our identity. And here's the thing. No matter where you're at in your faith today, you can be here and you're all in with Jesus, or maybe you're here or you're watching online and you want nothing to do with Jesus. Regardless of where you're at in your faith today, all of us either have struggled with labels or we are currently struggling with labels, all of us. In fact, I'm going to try something and we'll see how this works. It worked great in, in first service. I want to hear from some of you on labels that you are currently dealing with or that you're struggling with now, the ones you struggle with the most. Not, I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud. We're going to do this anonymously. It's a number on the screen. Everybody take out your phone. Just do all skate with me here. Everybody take out your phone. All right. And we're going to, I want you to, uh, if you would, take a moment and just text that number on the screen, 307-222-8089. You can do it watching online if you're live as well. This does not come to me, so I won't know who it is. It goes to another phone. They text it to me. Uh, and as you're doing that, uh, I'm going to share with you a couple labels I struggle with my life. And I'm going to use this mirror here as an illustration. So you can start texting in labels right now if you want to, and they'll get them to me. And please just be honest. Nobody will know that it's you texting it. But the reason I'm using a mirror is because most often, and as we were talking uh, in our creative team about this weeks ago, they kind of helped me uh, see this. But most often the labels we struggle with the most are the ones we believe about ourselves when we look in the mirror. That somebody might have said it about us, but we really struggle with it when we believe it about ourselves. And so I'm going to write uh, three labels down that I personally struggle with. And you can text yours in uh, as we go here. here. Here's the first label that I struggle with. It's less than. I struggle with not being good enough. And I'll say things like, I'm not a good enough dad. I'm not a good enough husband. I'm not a good enough pastor. And I'm not saying this so that you'll tell me how awesome I am after the service. That legitimately, if I'm going to default to a struggle, it's I'm just less than. And I'll see someone else who I think, man, they're a better pastor, dad, husband than me. The problem with the label of less than is you try to work harder. When you work harder, you're more tired. When you're more tired, you sink deeper into your label. <laughs> okay. Here's another label. This might actually surprise some people. Uh, but this label is a physical label. I struggle with the label of being fat. I don't know where it came from. I don't remember anybody ever calling me fat, but from my childhood, my mom will tell you, I used to cry thinking I was fat. No matter how skinny or fit I get, and I consider myself a fairly fit person today, I'm training for a marathon right now, but no matter how fit I get, I still have this body issue of I'm not fit enough. I'm not thin enough. Here's another one. This, this one might surprise some people too, but this label I struggle with a lot. It's the label of pastor. And here's why I struggle with that. Because 
a lot of you have the same label, maybe not pastor, but oftentimes we struggle with believing we are what we do. And because I'm a pastor, that's who I am. Maybe for you, it's school teacher. That's just the label you're stuck in. Or I'm just a mom. I'm just an airman. I'm just whatever it is you do. We often struggle inside those labels. So I trust that some of you have sent some labels in. I'm going to write some of these on here as well. So these are good. These are coming right from you right now. Unwanted. Ugly. Someone else said fat. Stupid. Lonely. Disabled. Never measure up. That's what you said is your label. Single dad, just a mom, failure. I mean, they're continuing to come in and feel free to send them in. All of us struggle with labels. And listen, this may not be something that dominates our lives, right? Like, I don't feel like I'm dominated by these labels all the time. But if I ever struggle in my identity, it's those labels I shared with you that I lean into the most. I struggle with those labels. And I just want you to know that if you're here today and you struggle with labels, you're not alone. <laughs> not alone. Lost and searching. Unlovable. I mean, they keep coming in. Can I give us some good news? <laughs> not only do all of us struggle with labels... But the good news is all of us can be set free from the control of them as well. And that's good news. That we will never be able to control the labels that people give us. But we can be set free from the control they have upon us. And this whole series is born out of one passage in the Bible. We'll read it every single week. A, a guy named Peter, one of the 12 original disciples of Jesus, an eyewitness to the life and resurrection of Jesus, Peter wrote this letter to a group of Christians living in the Roman province of, of the time. And apparently they were struggling in their identity as well because Peter tells them who they are in Christ. Listen to what Peter says, 1 Peter 2. 9 through 11 says this, but you are not like that. Like what? Like those, if you read it, like those who reject God. You're not like those who reject God for you are a chosen people. Everyone say chosen. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Look at this. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people, your true identity. Once you received no mercy, now you've received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Isn't that good? So there's four labels. 
in that passage that will drive this entire uh, series. And out of the four, uh, only one, I believe, is true for all of us, okay, whether you believe or not. The other three are only true for those who believe. But this one, I believe, is the most important one in establishing our true identity. And whether you believe in or follow Jesus is true for you. And my prayer today is whether this is a reminder for you or whether this is a revelation for you, my prayer is that our identity would be rooted in this one thing. Here it is. You are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. That out of everyone who ever lived, his choice of you is like you were the only one who ever lived. That you're chosen. Now you can completely reject that and you have the freedom to do that. Or maybe you're more like me and you would say, well, I can believe it for someone else. But it's hard to believe for me. Because I, I see my labels. And when I see what I've done, my shortcomings, my sin, my past, my failure, my labels, I can say very easily, why would God choose me? Unlovable, suicidal, drug addict. So here's the big idea for today. If you want to write it down, it's on the screens as well, and it's this. God's choice of me is not based on who I am. It's based on what he's done. Amen? Amen. His choice of me is not based on who I am. It's based on what he has done. And so here's the question we're going to ask today. What should I know about God's choice? That if God chooses me, what should I know about his choice. Main scripture, we're going to stay in 1 Peter, but go to the first two verses, 1 Peter 1, 1 and 2. If you're following in your own Bible, it's towards the end of the Bible. You can follow along on the screens. We have, there's a free Bible app called YouVersion. There's some instructions on the screen there to follow along on YouVersion. And if you don't personally own a Bible, don't leave without one. We'll give you one for free at guest services. We're going to jump right in here. 1 Peter chapter 1, the first part of verse 1. And this is one of those places where if you're reading the Bible, you might just read this and not think anything of it, but there is power in this part of the verse. And it says this, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, what do we know about Peter's life? If you don't know, if you read the story of Jesus, who's Peter? Like, yes, he's one of the 12 disciples, but when you read the story, Peter was self-centered. Like when Jesus announced that he was going to die for the sins of mankind, it was Peter who literally pulled Jesus aside and said, I will never let this happen to you. And before you think Peter was protecting Jesus, he wasn't protecting Jesus, he was protecting himself. Because Peter knew if Jesus died and I'm his right-hand man, that means I'm going to die as well. So Peter was self-centered. He was a coward on the night that Jesus was arrested, even after Peter told Jesus, I'll never deny you. I will even die for you on three separate occasions in one night. Peter denied that he ever even met Jesus. He was a coward. 
was a coward. He was short-tempered. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, when the soldiers came to get Jesus, it was Peter. After all of the teachings of Jesus, knowing what Jesus was going to do, it was Peter that drew his sword and slashed off one of the soldiers' ears. And then worst of all, worst of all, in doing my study on Peter this week, I found out that Peter was a cat owner. Talk about labels. Okay, kidding on that part. But when you look at Peter, did he have some labels? Coward, selfish, prideful, arrogant, short-tempered. But notice when he signed his letter, he didn't say any of that. That wasn't his identity. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And that word apostle in the Greek language that this was originally written literally means one commissioned by another to represent him in some way, especially a man sent out by Jesus himself. Or if you wrap it all up in one word, that word apostle means chosen. That this letter is from Peter. And yes, some would call me prideful, selfish, cowardly, arrogant, and short-tempered, but I am Peter, an apostle chosen by Christ. Here's what that means for us. What should I know about God's choice? Number one is this. I hope this encourages somebody. I am chosen inside of my shortcomings. That wrapped up in all that I am, I'm chosen inside of all of my shortcomings. And someone might say, well, I don't have any shortcomings. Ding, 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 found yours. (laughs) Most of us, right, most of us, we get hung up on our past, do we not? You look at most of our labels, they come from our past. Peter had every excuse in the book not to be a disciple, an apostle, chosen, Like every one of his sins, and we'll get to sin here in a second, every one of his shortcomings had the potential to derail who God called him to be, to derail his potential. Potential's powerful, isn't it? Have you ever ever had authority in someone's life and you spoke into their potential? Ever do that? Like sometimes you can visibly see that person change. Or maybe you remember a time in your life where a parent or a boss, a loved one, a coach kind of spoke into your potential, that's a powerful, powerful thing. My mom tells a story about doing this to my brother and I uh, when we were kids. I have a, a twin brother. You saw that earlier. Some of the stories I hear about the terrors we were as kids, uh, first of all, makes me question my mother's honesty because, come on, do you really think I could be a terror? Okay. Second of all, on multiple occasions, I've apologized to my mom, not for anything in particular, just in general for all 18 years I lived at home. And so at the time, uh, I was a toddler, my mom tells this story, that she had been reading a book about positive words, about saying positive words and reinforcing things over your children while they're sleeping, because every parent knows they don't listen while they're awake, so you might as well talk to them while they're sleeping. And so uh, she would come into our room while we were sleeping, she would, you know, stroke our face and rub our back and start saying these things over us. And she was saying things that weren't currently true, but she knew they could be. And she was saying things like this, Jeff, you're so obedient. Jeff, you're so respectful. Jeff, you're such a good boy. Jeff, you're so kind. 
And this one night she was saying all these things and I just opened my eyes and said, I know. (laughs) Now, spiritually, we're not like that, are we? Because I don't know about you, but for me, it's easier to focus on my shortcomings. Not what Jesus says about us. So can I tell us something that I think we all need to hear, me included? It's the devil who speaks of our past, not God. God speaks to our potential, to who we can be, to who he's called us to be, to who he sees we can be. The only reason God ever speaks of our past is to forgive us of something unforgiven and then set us free from its control. The devil speaks to our past. God speaks to our potential. Time and time again in the story of Jesus, Jesus would speak to the potential of the audience that was listening. One time there was a crowd of people on a hill and Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. They weren't currently living that way, but he was speaking to their potential. When he rose from the dead, the disciples actually ran away and hid for fear of their lives. It was while they were in hiding that Jesus told these scaredy cat men, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. The devil speaks of our past, but God speaks to our potential, that his choice is not based on who I am. It's based on what he's done and what he did was die in my place. So what should I know about God's choice? I'm chosen inside. This is encouraging for me of my shortcomings. Number two, going deeper. I'm chosen in spite of my sins. Chosen in spite of my sins. A lot of labels that we are controlled by can be traced back to sin in our lives. And I think there's a lot of people, sometimes even after we come to know Jesus, a lot of people who say things like this, there's no way God would ever choose me. You don't know what I've done. And listen, listen. If you're here today, you're listening online, watching and you are struggling with that label, you don't know what I've done. I'm too dirty, I'm unclean, unworthy, unholy, unlovable, whatever it is. Listen, I may not know what you've done, but I do know what Jesus did. And because of what Jesus did, there is nothing you can do to stop him from offering you forgiveness. It's already been done. First Peter, look what Peter says. Continuing on here, First Peter 1b and 2a says this. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father, watch, knew you and chose you long ago. Like he knew the sins you would commit and he still chose you. And his spirits made you holy. As a result, you've obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. We sing that. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
church, there is no sin so great God can't forgive. There is no heart so dirty he cannot make clean. And there is no sinner so far from God he cannot redeem. I say this all the time. He came as one of us. He died because of us. He rose victorious. And I'm adding a new one today. He chose every one of us. Romans 5, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says this, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, watch, while we were still sinners. That he chose me in spite of my sins, and friends, they are many. And someone might be hearing this misunderstanding, saying things like, well, dang, man, this sounds pretty good. God chose me long ago in spite of all my sins. So like I'm in, I am ha ha heaven bound for my old school DC talk friends in the house. (laughs) Can I give a theology lesson here? Just because God chose us in spite of our sins doesn't mean there's no response on my part to receive forgiveness of sins. So you might ask the question, well, does God choose me or do I choose him? Here's the answer. Yes. Yes. Imagine, if you will, that we are all standing on the coast of California. Okay? We're on California. Salvation is in Hawaii. And we now have to, to be saved, swim from California to Hawaii. Now, I consider myself a fairly good swimmer. When I was a kid, I was on the swim team. In fact, anybody watching the Olympics already? I kind of, I get into the Olympics. I love the swimming portion. We watched some of that last night. Like Michael Phelps, one of the best Olympians of all time, could swim a long way. But would he make it to Hawaii? No. Why? The gap's too big. And so all of us, that's what we do. We try to get from death, from sin to salvation by doing our own thing. But eventually all of us will start drowning. All of us. And the only way for us to get to Hawaii is if God comes to us. So guess what God did? He came to us. And so God, here we're all floating in the ocean. We're about to drown. God comes to us as Jesus throws us a life ring. Now, I believe God chooses all of us through Jesus. But once a life ring, if you were drowning, once a life ring is thrown to you, when does the life ring actually work? Only when I grab it and hold on for dear life. Why? Because Jesus is the only way to be saved. The life ring's Jesus. We are all drowning. So did God choose me or do I choose him? Yes, Ephesians 2 verse 8 puts it this way. God saved you by his grace, the life ring. He's the one that offers salvation. When you believed by grace through faith. So when I take hold of or believe or put my faith in the life ring, that's when it takes effect. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. That God chooses everyone But only those who accept what he offers receive the benefits of salvation. Listen, there's been some confusion on what this means, I think, even in our own church, among our own people. There are 
Christians who would say, well, if Jesus takes us just as we are, why do we need to change the way we're living? So hear me good. This is one of those pastoral moments where it might sting, but it's for your benefit. And it's said in love, okay? You don't have to change before you come to Jesus. But make no mistake about it, when you come to Jesus, you can't help but be changed. Can't help it. Now, if you're here and you don't believe in Jesus, I mean this. There is no standard for you for us to hold you to. If you don't believe, there's no standard. Live however you want. I mean it. Live it up. Okay? I think you'll regret it later, but that's your prerogative. But if you are here and you say you believe in Jesus, it is my obligation First, as your pastor, because I will stand before God someday and be accountable to him, not you, on what I say from this platform. Second of all, I, I, as your brother in Christ who loves you, I have to say these things. That if you believe in Jesus, I will show you the standard of God in Scripture for those who believe, and I will help you walk in it. That's what we need. Being, listen, being accepted is different. Being accepted as you are is different than approving of the way you live. And we have a whole problem in our society with that today. I can accept you without approving of your lifestyle. One of our core values here is a place to call home. And it says, we will love people for who they are. And that is true. You are welcome here just as you are. But that's not the end of the core value. The rest of it says, so we can lead them to where they need to be. Some people believe that love is just leaving me where I am. That's stupid. Because if you were standing out on Carlson, unaware of a truck barreling towards you, or just choosing not to move, I would be a horribly unloving person to let you get run over. But because I love you, whether you are unaware or whether you are refusing to move, because I love you, I will tackle you, even if it means there are some scars and bruises along the way. That love does not leave you in your sin. Love helps lead you out of it. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 1, 2 and B. 2B. As a result, we already read this, as a result of what? Being saved. You have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. God's choice of me is not based on who I am, thank goodness. It's based on what he's done. That while I was still a sinner, he died for me. He tossed me the life ring. I have a choice to grab hold of it. So what should I know about God's choice? I'm chosen inside of my shortcomings, chosen in spite of my sins. And number three, the last one is this. I am chosen, church, to be set free. Chosen to be set free. Last few words here of this passage says this, may God give you more and more grace and peace. More and more grace and peace. That phrase more and more, I love it. In the Greek language, that phrase more and more means to be made full, especially to maximum capacity. That Peter is saying, may you be filled to maximum capacity.
capacity with the grace and peace of God. So let me ask us, church, a question. If our life is filled to maximum capacity with God's grace and peace, guess what there is no room left for? Labels. Labels. They begin to fade away as I am filled more and more with grace and peace in Christ. You see, when I begin to live in my true identity, that I've been chosen by God, when I begin to understand I've been chosen inside of my shortcomings, in spite of my sins, to be set free, these labels begin to fall off one by one. And I may not be able to control the labels people give me or even the labels I give myself, but thanks be to God, I can be free from their control in my life. That this church, this is where the devil resides, right here. It's the devil who says stupid. The devil says less than, unwanted, lonely, ugly, don't measure up, disabled, addict, whatever it is. The devil speaks of our past. But God speaks to our potential And so Jesus comes along and says, this may have been what you've done, but it doesn't compare to what I have done for you. Jesus speaks of our potential. And he says, I came as one of you. I died because of you. I rose victorious so that on the cross, I shatter Every label you live with. And there's only one label left to believe, church. Chosen. (laughs) Chosen. That you are chosen by God. You see, Jesus died more than to forgive us. (laughs) He died to set us free. Even from labels that control our lives. So maybe you're here today and you'd say, that's me, I'm living in a label. Living in a label. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and you would say, man, Pastor Jeff, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, my sins are forgiven, but I am living, I'm struggling with labels in my life. And I want you to know, just to pray for me, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Jeff, I'm struggling with labels, lots and lots and lots and lots of hands, lots of hands. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, you begin right now setting people free. Setting people free that because of the cross, you've shattered those labels. And Lord, I'm with them. I'm raising my hand too. So Lord, help us to believe in and live in that label of chosen. Chosen. Maybe you're here today. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I, I, I have labels too, but there's one label that I'm not living in and that's child of God. I've never put my faith in Jesus to receive forgiveness of my sins. And I want you to know, if you're here today, it's not a coincidence. God brought you here for this moment. And if you want to put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you want to grab hold of that life ring, now's your opportunity. And I want you to pray this prayer with me, just silently, right in your heart. Jesus, I believe. I am drowning, trying to swim myself to Hawaii. 
and you've thrown me the life ring and I'm grabbing on. I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've done. But thanks that you love me. So forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Make me new. I receive from you salvation. I'm going to get in the boat with you and do my best to walk with you. Thanks for saving me. Thanks for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here and you prayed that prayer today to receive Jesus, would you do something bold? Just lift your hand up and leave it up. That's me, Jeff. I just asked Jesus into my heart. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise God. Anybody else? Lift your hand up. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's the best decision you'll ever make, but it's the hardest one you'll ever live. And so we've developed a tool for you called 21. It's a new believer's devotional. You can pick it up at guest services. Let us know on your connection card that you asked Jesus to come into your life today. We're so proud of you and want to walk you in what it means to follow Jesus. I love you guys. I'm excited about this series. We're going to keep going next week looking at you are a royal priesthood, and I'm excited about that. Let me pray for you. Pastor Brendan has some closing words, and then we'll let you go. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord, that you've chosen chose me and that boggles my mind every time I say it when I see what I've done and who I've been and yet you chose me it's so powerful God help me live in that help us live in that in Jesus name amen